Going Linux, episode 259, Assistive Technology, the Advanced Episode. Welcome to the Going Linux Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and its applications and using them to get things done. In today's episode, a more advanced look at assistive technology on Linux. Hello, Larry. Hey, Bill. What's new with you? Uh, not much, but I see from the show notes there's something new with you. <laughs> yeah, I've got <laughs> Tell a new. Us about I've it. got a new computer. I, uh, so you bought a Packard Bell, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, I replaced my four-year-old HP that was showing signs of its age, and you know removed some of the bandages that i had put on it to make it work and uh took out the ssd and installed it in my new computer which is a system 76 galago ultra pro nice yeah and i decked this thing out with just about everything i have and uh, uh every, everything that was available and um runs nice runs sounds nice. like it yeah uh, it's a core i7 right yes sir yeah, only the best, only the best. Well, I didn't have a choice there. You know, <laughs> I had to go with the best because it's the only processor they offered, but uh, I wasn't really kicking and screaming at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, you can force me to take the i7. Yeah, uh, twist my arm. Uh, yeah, and I put 16 gig of RAM in it so that I have lots of capability there for recording audio and video and all the other things that we do for the podcast and for other things, and it... Uh, it's nice. It's nice. I've had it for about a week, I guess now, and okay, beautiful. I love it. Well, that's probably a huge difference from what you were running before. Yeah, it is. It is. And as I said, I took the five twelve gig uh, SSD drive that I had purchased to replace the original drive in the HP, uh, and moved it over. So I've got the capacity there. And of course, the boot drive that comes with it is an MSATA drive that's SSD as well. So it's uh, it's speedy. And with the RAM and the processor, it's really, really speedy. So I'm happy. So, basic, so basically, you went from a Piper Cub to an F16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of like well, that. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. How's your beast doing? It will be back on my desktop next week. They finally have figured out what's wrong with it, and they will have it sent back. Uh, they say, well, I will believe it when I see it on my desk. But, uh, yes, I'm ready for it to come back. It's uh, it, The spot on my desk just is very lonely without it. You're going to have to dust it off there, dust off the desk, and... Place yeah. it, place it back there carefully. Gonna have to stroke it and uh, welcome it home and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. It, well, you, you really don't realize, um, especially when you upgrade uh, technology, uh, that you know you think something is running really well, and then you get something new and it's just so much faster. <laughs> yeah, and then you get used to it, and then when you have to rely on your backup, you go, "How could I have worked with this thing for so long?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like wow. Yeah. So I imagine I'll be uh, in all of of the beast again uh, because you know I'm running an older 
uh, Mac right now to re- record, and um, so yeah, it's probably just going to feel so much faster. So I'm I'm excited to have it back. Of course, if you uh, get tired of yours, you can always send it my way. Sure, I'll I'll just do that. No problem. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully they fix yours this time. Yeah. For real. Let, let's let's hope so. Yeah. And, and I can't really blame the company. It's I think it's the service center uh, that's the the problem. And you know I think they uh, or they just uh, lease it out to certain companies or they they have certain companies that do the repair work. So sure. It's it's nothing that they did wrong. It's just uh, I think it's. They're just not the best service center. But as long as they get it fixed, I don't care. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's hoping. Good luck. Yeah. Okay. In this episode, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, we'll be talking about the uh, assistive technology that we introduced back in episode 256. We're going to dig in a little bit, not a lot of depth, but more depth than we did last time on each of the uh, uh, topics that we had touched on in the introduction. Okay, and just to give a definition of what assistive technology is, the following is the definition. Assistive technology is designed to provide assistance to people with disabilities and impairments to help them improve or maintain the capabilities that their condition is preventing or impeding. Right, exactly. For this episode, we'll be looking at the top-notch assistive technology that's provided in SonarGNU Linux 2014.1. And as we discussed in the introductory episode, the assistive software that is distributed with Sonar can be installed on almost any Linux distribution. So even though our examples are from Sonar, if you are using another distribution like Manjaro, Debian, OpenSUSE, Ubuntu, or Mint, our information applies just as well. And with this release of of Sonar Linux, it's based on Manjaro and uses the GNOME 3 desktop. But if your distribution uses KDE, Cinnamon, XFCE, or something else, the step-by-step for launching an application may be different. And the location for setting up shortcuts is not the same. But the assistive technology works the same way, regardless of your desktop environment. And note, before you use a particular feature, you may need to go into the system settings and enable it. In Sonar, the top panel includes an applet, one of those little tiny icons in the upper panel, that provides a nice on-off switch panel for each of the assistive features. It is called the accessibility menu, and depending on your desktop environment, you may need to go into system settings, or you may have a similar sort of accessibility menu available to you in the panel. Okay, let's start with something easy. Okay. And it's using Sonar Screen Magnifier. If you are a low vision user and you require screen magnification, Sonar has magnification already built in. To turn on or off screen magnification, press Alt, Super, plus M. You can also turn on screen magnification in the accessibility menu on the top bar if you prefer that method. Once you have the magnification turned on, you can zoom in by pressing Alt plus Super and the plus key. If you want to zoom out, you can by pressing Alt Super and the minus sign. If you wish to change the keyboard shortcuts, you can by opening the overview by pressing the Super key and then typing in Settings. From there, you can go to the keyboard settings and change all the keyboard shortcuts, not only for the magnification, but for all keyboard shortcuts. Yes, and just for those of you who aren't familiar with the term super key, 
Uh, on a Windows keyboard, that's the Windows key. On a Mac, it's the Command key. Uh, and on my System 76, it's the Ubuntu key. So, <laughs> it's, Yay. Yeah, so it's uh, the key that normally is the operating system's uh, designated key on your keyboard. Okay. All right, and our next feature is the on-screen keyboard. We mentioned that in the introduction as well. And to turn on or toggle on or off the on-screen keyboard, you press the Alt, the Super, and the K key. Uh, that toggles the on-screen keyboard on and off. And the on-screen keyboard is only visible when you need it, though. So whether it's on or not, it's going to be invisible until you actually open a text box. So for example, when a text document is the active window and your cursor is in a position where you can type, you'll see that on-screen keyboard. If you then click your computer's desktop or somewhere else that doesn't accept typed characters, the keyboard vanishes. So it actually is uh, quite handy to have that uh, on-screen keyboard if you actually need it. So it basically knows when you need the keyboard. Yes. Oh, okay. And then we have uh, using the head and eye tracking software, enable Viacam frequently abbreviated as eViacam, is mouse replacement software that moves the pointer as you move your head. If you have low motor skills with nothing more than your webcam and eViacam, you can easily use your computer. You don't need anything more than a webcam to use eViacam. No cables, no dots, and no additional hardware is required. With eViacam, you can control your computer with intuitive head movements. There is no need to use your hands is designed to eliminate the need for assistance after it's installed and remember it's already installed with sonar so uh someone like with maybe Lou Gehrig's diseases would be very useful for them sure absolutely wow wow that's 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 really really cool you can customize the pointer speed motion acceleration and smoothness dwelling time and more to learn how to use and configure eViocam, the user's manual is available with the software. It is also available online at http eviacam.sourceforge.net help contents.htm. Yeah. We'll have that link to the eViocam uh, software manual. Uh, in our show notes, of course, and for much of the software that we're talking about here, especially those that give you a lot of configuration options, and you definitely need to configure the head and eye tracking software to your particular situation, um, we'll, we'll not go into a lot of depth here, but we'll include the show note link so that you can go and look that up on your own and uh, work with that for yourself. Yeah, because you know, different people are going to need different things. Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, our next feature is the Orca Screen Reader. And most of our listeners will already have heard of the Orca Screen Reader. Orca is a free, open-source, flexible, and extensible screen reader that provides you with access to the graphical desktop by way of user-customizable combinations of speech and or Braille. It works with Braille as well. Uh, the Orca screen reader is in Sonar and is on by default. So to turn on the screen reader or turn it off again, you hold down the Alt and Super key and then press the S key. 
so for complete information about using and configuring the Orca screen reader, you can refer to their website and we'll have that link in the show notes too. The Orca documentation on the website occasionally refers to the Orca modifier key, and that's not a hardware key on your keyboard like the super key is. Uh, the key that Orca uses by default as the Orca modifier really depends on whether you're using Orca's laptop keyboard layout or its desktop keyboard layout. If you're using the laptop layout, the default Orca modifier key is the caps lock key. And if you're using the desktop layout, the Orca modifier key is the insert key, or the, the they describe it as the keypad insert. That is the insert key on the numeric keypad. So it's the same as the zero key on the numeric keypad. So if you see that in the documentation, Orca modifier, it's one of those two keys depending on which keyboard layout you've selected. If you're on a laptop, for example, and the caps lock key doesn't work, uh, check out the insert key. You may have to use that instead, or you can switch it back if you want to change the keyboard type. So you can use that Orca modifier key to get some help. Uh, so, for example, you press the Orca modifier key, the, the caps lock key, or the insert key, and the letter H to enter into learn mode. And then when you're in learn mode, uh, you can view Orca's documentation by pressing F1. You can hear a list of Orca's shortcuts by pressing F2. And you can hear a list of Orca's shortcuts for the current application. So if you have uh, LibreOffice Writer open, for example, and you press F3, you'll hear the shortcuts that are available for that application. That's pretty cool that it will actually uh, read you the commands. Yes, and yes. that's very, very handy. Yeah. To learn more about how to use Orca uh, to read documents and websites, the documentation is available on the website, and we include the link in our show notes. You may find that the screen reader speaks too slowly or too quickly for you. You can adjust the rate at which Orca speaks and make other adjustments as well in Orca preferences. To get to the Orca preferences screens, press Orca, modifier plus spacebar. If you find yourself needing to adjust the speed frequently, you might want to map the increase the rate and decrease the rate commands to specific keys. That way you can more easily make these adjustments. To review and set up the keyboard shortcuts and commands that Orca uses, you will want to refer to the documentation or key bindings at the site and we include the site of course in our show notes. This is a small sampling of the documentation that is available to you on the Orca site. Browse around, discover what this powerful tool can do. Right, and we've mentioned several keyboard shortcuts for each of the applications. Uh, most Linux distributions provide a graphical way to set up your own keyboard shortcuts. Here's how to do it in Sonar's GNOME desktop. Uh, although the keyboard shortcuts are technically not part of the accessibility menu, they can be very helpful as assistive technology. Sonar doesn't set a lot of shortcuts for the user. Uh, they leave that up to each individual person that uses Sonar. There are, however, an extensive number of keyboard shortcuts you can set for yourself, and this goes for GNOME or any other desktop as well. If you would like to take a look at your own keyboard shortcuts, on the GNOME desktop you can press the super key to reveal the overview, and then type settings. Uh, 
Next, locate the Settings option and press Enter. Use the arrow keys to locate the keyboard option and press enter and now you'll have the keyboard settings menu open. First you'll need to be on the typing tab which allows you to change available options for typing. Press the right arrow key to move to the shortcuts tab. From here you can set what shortcuts you want for your sound and media. You can also set shortcuts for moving your windows around and other system navigation. In addition, you can set shortcuts for such things as launchers and taking screenshots. Just follow the prompts at the bottom of the keyboard settings window to make your changes. When you find a shortcut you want to set, locate and highlight the action and press enter. Press the key combination for the shortcut. Your new keyboard shortcut is now set and active. The Alt Super Plus M notation indicates that you should press and hold the Alt key and the Super key at the same time. Then the letter M so that all three keys are pressed simultaneously. Some of the accessibility keyboard shortcuts that are already provided for you in Sonar are Turn Screen Reader On or Off, Alt plus Super plus S, Turn Magnification On or Off, Alt plus Super plus M, Zoom In, that's Alt plus Super plus plus. Zoom out, Alt plus Super plus minus. Turn on-screen keyboard on or off, Alt plus Super plus K. Increase text size, Alt plus Super plus L. Decrease text size, Alt plus Super plus D. And turn on high contrast, on or off, Alt plus Super plus H. And a lot of those keyboard shortcuts work on just about every desktop as well, provided that you have the appropriate software uh, installed um, for screen magnification, uh, for example, or for the uh, text size increase and decrease. A lot of those will work in other desktops besides GNOME 2, so out of the box. Yeah, and uh, Larry, while we were uh, looking at uh, some of the information for this episode, mm -hmm. I decided to look at the, the three most common browsers for uh, Linux to see, you know, if they were any easier to use, if they've made any ch uh, changes. And uh, the one thing I, I do have a, a question, um, does Sonar work pretty flawlessly with the web browsers, you know, like Firefox, Chrome, or Opera? Well, Sonar comes pre-installed with Firefox, and it works beautifully with Firefox. Firefox supports um, accessibility uh, quite well. Uh, Chrome, I understand it does as well, although I haven't tried it under accessibility. I don't know about the other uh, browsers as well. Did you find anything in your research? The only thing that I've noticed that's changed, especially with Firefox, is uh, in Opera and Chrome, you're able to type your your, you know, requests like you know what's my weather going to be in the uh, address bar right uh, for a long time if you did it in uh, Firefox for me anyway uh, it would just throw up an error page but recently it seems that uh, you can type your request just like you can in a Chrome or Opera and it works flawlessly huh okay I... so I don't know if it's just I had an older version and it just got updated but that was always um, a uh, 
not more of annoyance because I've been using Firefox a little bit more uh, just to see how it works uh, compared to Chrome. And I I got so used to using how Chrome did things that it, I, I got frustrated every time I, I forgot, you know, that I couldn't type my my information request in the address bar. And I would see that would come in kind of handy if it doesn't, it really didn't matter where you typed it if for someone that has low vision or low motor skills because, it, you know, you don't have to be in this one specific bar, you know, where either one will work. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me just try right now. I think this may be a, a recent update. Yeah, so I just opened, um, I just opened Firefox in my Linux Mint installation and typed in what is the temperature in Chicago into the address bar rather than into the search bar. And it searched just as it would otherwise. So yeah. uh, I know it didn't used to do that, so I think it is a recent update. It's probably been in there for months and months and months, and yeah. neither you nor I realized it, but it's good to know. Absolutely. But, a, you know, it's being, making it a little bit more accessible seems to yeah. know, be a good thing. Because it, it was really a pain because, okay, I can't type my request into the address bar. I have to go to the web page and, you know, into the Google. And <laughs> this way you can you don't really have to go to any specific site because once you set up your uh, your search engine uh, preferences in the browser, it should just work. So that's that's kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let me see if I switched DuckDuckGo as my default search engine and type the same thing. What is the temperature in Chicago? Don't know why I'm picking on Chicago. And it's not. Oh, it went to Google. Ha. Yeah. So it's it's using Google for the address bar search or appears to be rather than whatever your default search engine is so if you want to use something other than google i guess you've got to go over and use a search bar in um, in firefox of course this is an exhaustive uh experimentation here so (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure we've got all the features down I I, uh, have another idea about this accessibility Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's really uh would fall under uh, as true accessibility, but say uh, accessibility falls up, uh, for people that don't speak, like for instance the English language, mm-hmm. and they need uh, they need uh, software that will work for them, or can, we can adjust it so it, they can use the computer. I mean, it's not technically accessibility in the truest sense, but being able to use Linux to adjust a, a computer system that you can use it in your own language or or whatever seems to be you know it's on the I call the fringes of accessibility so it's it's nice that you can localize your Linux distribution also yeah absolutely and a lot of the assistive technology provides multi-language support um, certainly some of them don't support as uh, as many languages as the operating system does but many of them have made great strides in in doing that as well I know that uh, Jonathan has been working on uh, sonar trying to get the, uh, some better voices where does he stand with that 
Well, I haven't followed up on the better voices part, but we did get an email from a listener asking about the uh, possibility of voice recognition. And I did talk to Jonathan about that. And let me just find his email here. And he is planning for the next release to include some support for Blather which is voice recognition software and hope to have that in the next release was his comment. So the next release, according to Jonathan, um, my last conversation with him about releases, they were hoping to have a release sometime this month for 2014.2. I should probably follow up with him and find out where they are on that because I am creating the documentation for him. And I need to make sure that we have that available as the release is ready to go. And that's kind of the last bit on that. And speaking of documentation, if you want more information about any of the details we've talked about here in this episode about assistive technology in Sonar, you can go to the Sonar website and download a, the, um, the Getting Started Guide, which has all everything that we've discussed here in this episode and more, as well as in that Getting Started Guide, uh, a link to each of the details for additional information. And there's a, a version of the Getting Started Guide that is in the Open Dyslexic font. If you need that, if you find some help with the Open Dyslexic font, you can download the open dyslexic version as well, both um, PDF versions and open document format versions are available on the Sonar website. We'll include a link in the show notes to that, of course. Yeah, I know that uh, uh, Jonathan's really t- uh, taken on some pretty big projects. Uh, does he need uh, any help as far as uh, with this project? Do you know if he's looking for volunteers or financial support or anything like that? What do you know? Any? You know anything about what's going on there? Well, every project that is run by a nonprofit is looking for help, volunteers, and financial support. So if you can help in any of those ways, just go to sonargnulinux.com and you'll find information on there about how to help out the project, about how to uh, contribute, as well as some contact information if you want to get in touch directly with uh, directly with Jonathan on this. Feel free to reach out to me as well uh, at the Going Linux podcast if uh, if you need an introduction to Jonathan or uh, if you just want to uh, uh, talk about it and have some contributions for the podcast too. But sonargnulinux.com is the right place to go. Oh, and by the way, if uh, if you don't have any programming, documentation skills, other sorts of skills, but you do want to contribute and you're not in a financial position to do that, but you do have an old computer, like I do, uh, you might want to consider going to the Sonar site and setting it up for this Computers for Sonar program. You'll find that on the navigation bar at the top. They provide a way of donating that computer after installing Sonar on it to a person in need of a computer with assistive technology pre-installed. Awesome. It sounds like he has, uh, he's the guy with that wears many hats in that, that organization. He oh. must have like 25 people helping him, right? Uh, no. 
<laughs> no. You need 25 people. I think you, yes, exactly. You, you can count the number of people that's helping out on this project on the fingers of one hand. And uh, if you can contribute in any way, please contact Jonathan yeah. or just go to the website and click on contact. Sounds like a, like something that uh, if someone might be interested in helping out. Yep. Okay, and that, I think, Bill, wraps up this episode. Hopefully it's been helpful for people who want to know more about accessible computing, and in particular, Sonar uh, as our example. But remember, uh, all of the examples that we've talked about here are installable on just about any version of Linux out there, so you don't have to change your distribution. If you've already got another distribution installed, look for the accessibility settings. You may find that your distribution has already pre-installed for you uh, some of the accessibility software we've discussed here today and chances are what's not already pre-installed is available in your software repository so take a look if you want to explore any of these features or software programs or if you actually need them it's a it's a great place to go if you've already got your uh, Linux installation tweaked and just the way you want it but you need just a little bit of accessibility software to help you out. Great place to go. Check out the repositories for your distribution. Okay, our next episode, Bill, will be listener feedback. And until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux Podcast Google Plus community. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.